0: bless you brother father we just thank you so much for what you have done in greg's life we thank you through the witness of this church many years ago greg heard the gospel and responded to it and you filled him with your spirit and you put a call on his life we thank you that he said yes to you we thank you that you have led and guided him every step of the way we thank you for Teresa and the boys, and we pray blessing wherever they are, whether they're at New Wine or whether, wherever they are, that they'll be touched by you and encouraged by you. We thank you for their love for the Turkish people. We thank you that it's just a reflection of your amazing love for the Turkish people. We thank you for the work that you have enabled uh, Greg and Teresa to establish and to bless there, And we pray, Lord, for all the areas where Greg has responsibility. And we ask, Lord, for fruitfulness and blessing. And we pray that you would fill him afresh today with your spirit as he comes to share with us. We welcome him in the name of Jesus and pray blessing over him in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Thanks, Greg.
1: Well, I'm really excited and I'm honored to be here. I, uh, I love this place, as I'm sure you do. And, uh, you know, I kind of I could talk about yesterday, but, you know, we're all going to be living in tomorrow. And, and that's really what I want to talk about uh, today. I do want to mention my work. And so I feel like there's something that God has put on my heart that I'd like to share with you today. And uh, I'm going to be in my... I'm never organised, you know, I'm never. uh, So I'm going to go off on rabbit trails. And so if you're thinking, you know, this doesn't make sense, it doesn't follow or anything like that, don't worry, it's just me. And uh, hopefully though, no, not hopefully, I guarantee you this morning, guarantee you this morning that God is going to speak to you. I guarantee you that God is going to speak to you. I heard about this old couple... And I'm not going to tell you their age, because some of you might feel offended. But anyway, they were old, and the bloke was a bit concerned for his wife. And he said, darling, I think you should go to the doctor, get your ears tested. And uh, the wife said, there's nothing up with my ears, darling. Leave me alone. Anyway, a few days later, same thing. Darling, I think you should go to the doctor and get your ears tested. And she didn't listen to him. And uh, she didn't go. So the guy decided that he would set up a little test. And so he was in the kitchen, and he called out to his wife, and he said, darling, would you like a cup of tea? And she didn't reply. And so he said, I'll go in a bit closer. And so he went into the hallway, and he said, darling, do you want a cup of tea? And there was no reply. So eventually, he went into the living room, and he stood right behind her seat, and he said, darling, do you want a cup of tea? And she said, for the third time, yes! (laughs) Right, there's no more jokes, so get over that one. The point is, I guarantee you that God is going to speak to you this morning. Can you hear him? Are you willing to hear him? Is there anything that's in the way or blocking your ears? Because God, I guarantee you, is going to speak to you this morning and he's going to speak to you first of all through this word and we're going to read God's word I find it incredible nowadays I think it's so great the way that the church has moved on in worship you know we've got songs that make sense to us they're in tunes that make sense to us as well Uh, that's not to belittle the hymns of old because I love some of the old hymns and we really experience the presence of God, don't we? When, when we're singing together, we're opening our hearts up and it's wonderful. But I guarantee you that God is in his word. And we should, just, we should be as excited about reading God's word as we are about coming in to worship. It's not one or the other, it's both. And I believe that God is in his word as well. He inhabits his word and he will speak to us this morning through it. So let's begin. It's in John chapter 3. For those of you with iPhones, for the rest of us, the black and white says this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. What a testimony. Whether, you know, I'm sure that this guy didn't know it. And this is the first thing I want to say, you know, because I'm sure there are a lot of people that have been brought up or come to church, some of our younger members, and you're always around the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And, you know, I became a Christian 23 years ago. And it was, it was like lightning for me. And I read the word of God and God spoke to me and I was delivered. And I came to know Jesus and I grew in my understanding. I mean, it was quite a sort of string of events, so to speak. And somebody else I know had been brought up in the church. And they'd been looking at Jesus for many, many, many years, and they were waiting for this experience that I had, but they were seeing it all the time. They were living in it all the time. So for me, it was my first sight of the light, so it was quite dramatic, can I say. But for some people, they live in the presence of God, the light of God. They're used to God. And they're waiting for some bolt of lightning. Well, it's there already. And for Nicodemus, I want to tell you, I think that when Nicodemus went to see Jesus, he was already born again. Because you cannot see what Nicodemus saw unless you are born again. And so Jesus said, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again, Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus should have shut up. Because it looked good at that point. Because he's given a great testimony. He said... You have come from God. God is with you. I mean, all the right stuff. He was saying all the right stuff. And then he goes a bit further, because Jesus tells him the way it is. He says, you must be born again. Now Nicodemus goes, what on earth does that mean? How can a man be born again? Anyway, let's carry on reading. Okay. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus, unless he is born again. Nicodemus, who should have kept his mouth shut, said, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born again. There is a proverb that says, even a fool looks good until he opens his mouth. And that is one of those classics, isn't it? Surely a man can't enter into his mother's womb to be born again. Jesus said, no, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asks. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who has come from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the stake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Isn't that amazing? What a wonderful, rich piece of scripture. And some of it is difficult to understand. Okay? You must be born again. I mean, that's quite difficult to understand, certainly on first reading. And second of all, some of it's quite easy. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And John tells us later on that he's written everything here so that we might believe. So John has left a legacy, the gospel of John, so that we might believe. Now, I need to tell you that my dream, my hope, my vision... ...is that the whole world will have an opportunity to believe. For me, God's put me as a testimony to his kingdom in Turkey. He's put you in Chipping Camden or wherever you've come from... ...as a testimony to his kingdom. A testimony to Jesus Christ and to his work. And we heard today a testimony or two about how God touches us even today. How we experience the kingdom of God today... Okay, so I believe that God wants the kingdom of God to be all over the world, and I don't believe it's enough to sit there and say that's what he wants. I think we should take part in being that testimony wherever it might be. That doesn't mean everybody needs to get out of Chipping Camden and go to the rest of the world and reach the nations. In fact, I would say it's a great honour that God bestows on some people. Not because they're worthy, because that would be terrible. (laughs) We're all unworthy, but he has chosen all of us to reach the nations. I believe that with all my heart, otherwise I wouldn't be in Turkey. I believe that every person, when I'm in Turkey, when I'm lonely, when I feel all alone, when I feel like the work's going nowhere, that I'm wasting my time, and that you guys have wasted your money by supporting us, and all that deep darkness covers over me, then I say, I'm not alone because Jesus promised to be with me forever and you guys stand with me in prayer. I never have a reason. I could not honestly say I'm alone because I'm not. Because you and I are together, at least in the spirit. And I love, I love mission. That's why I'm a missionary. That's why I'm where I am. That's why I'm involved in what I am. And I believe you must be born again. You must be born again. Whether you're a Turk or whether you're a a Jew or whether you're an American, whether you live on the North Pole or the South Pole, wherever you come from, whoever you are, you must be born again. What does that mean? When I first came to this church, there was uh, was a lady called Christine Hindle here. And uh, she said to me, she said, I find reading the Old... I said to her, I find this Old Testament a bit difficult. And she said, me too. She said, it all sounds like Japanese to me. And I said, well, and me too. You know, I go, go through these lists of things and I don't really understand any of it, you know. Why do we read it? I don't understand it. She said, well, don't worry, there's books that can help you. And so we start to get a study Bible and just some stuff to help us understand what, to be honest, sounded like Japanese to me. I heard this brilliant illustration. There was a man called Alistair McGrath. Anybody ever heard of Alistair McGrath? Anyway, he's a, he's a clever person. And uh, he went to Japan, okay? And he went on the underground in Japan, and he was traveling, and he had to change at one station. That's all he had to do, get off, change trains, and off he'd go. And so he did. He went, and he got on the train and uh, stopped at the first stop to change trains. He looked at the map, and it was all in Japanese, Okay, and he was, you know, I mean, a bit of a panic attack, a bit of a shock, you know, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know where to go. Now, at that point, there was a dilemma, because he knew there was an underground. That was not in doubt. There was definitely an underground, but what he didn't know was the way. Okay, and he had to ask somebody to help him. It sounds like the kingdom of God already, doesn't it? Because we know there's a way, and we don't understand everything, but we believe there's a way, and that causes us to act in a manner that we discover the way. So this guy helped Alistair McGrath understand the underground map so that he could be on the right train and get to where he wanted to go. Well, I think that's pretty cool. That's a wonderful illustration. Do you know there are so many people today who are living in Turkey that haven't got a clue? They know there's a way, but they're too afraid to ask the way. Somebody has to begin to tell them there is a way and how and where to board the train. That's our job. Put it simply, that's our job. Whether it's in Chipping Camden, I'll bet there's plenty of people in Chipping Camden... Plenty of people in the Cotswolds that believe there's a way. They just don't know the way. They need somebody to help them. And so God has put you here and me there. And together, we're testifying to the way. We're explaining the way. The scripture says here, beautiful, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again, born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Now, I don't know whether you know, but this week, there was a baby George born. Okay? Baby George needs to be born again. It's amazing. Don't tell him, I bet he's already had a bit of an experience this week. (laughs) Go through that again? Well, it's even better than that, George. But... Prince George needs to be born again. Everybody, whether we're royalty or whether we're the lowest of the low, we all need to be born again. Well, how does it happen? Well, the Spirit of God does it. I was working in Charingworth Manor, kind of Bethlehem of somewhere. I mean, nobody's ever heard of Charingworth Well, actually, they have now, because Rick Stein went there to get some Bramley apples, didn't he? I saw that this week. Charingworth Manor. And I picked up the Word of God. And as I read the Word of God, I was convicted about my sin and the way I lived my life. And I was born again. Now, I don't know. I couldn't tell you that at the time. I've gone from believing it to understanding a little bit more about it. It's a process, it's a learning thing, isn't it? It's a journey that we all, we're all on, you know? I mean, God seems to be doing an awful lot of work that we don't even know about. And often we find out much later that he's done it. And I guarantee you today that God's doing something in your life. You wouldn't be here if he wasn't doing something in your life. I think oh, that's encouraging to me. God's doing something in your life. Some things you might be engaging with and some things you haven't got a clue about because he knows better than you, better than me. And sometimes some of those things, you need to come a long way before God can let you know that this has been going on. There is a point where believing becomes understanding. But first of all, it's believing. Alistair McGrath, if he didn't believe there was an underground, would never have asked that guy to translate the map. He first of all believed, and later on he understood. Sorry. The point is, there was something there. Now, I'm not a bright spark. I ask Chris if I want to know anything. But I know that 2 plus 2 equals 4. Okay, But there are some people who go to university and study maths, and they see these things like M3O2HRW equals XYZ. And they understand it. I haven't got a clue. Anybody heard of calculus? It's a form of maths, isn't it? I mean, I can't even spell calculus. But I know that 2 and 2 is 4. And some people know that ABC equals XYZ. And they're very, very clever. But guess what? We're both mathematicians. My level of mathematicianism, if that's a word, is 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's okay. And theirs is infinitely more superior and wonderful. And what I've discovered is that in the kingdom of God, some people know so much about God, and some people know enough, to be saved. And while I would like to share the whole counsel of God, according to Greg Ellis, this morning, one, we haven't got enough time, and I don't know whether I know enough. But if you know two and two, you're a mathematician. Luke, my darling boy at the moment, is not a mathematician because he doesn't know what two and two is at the moment. But we're going to teach him. And whether he ever advances to calculus and who knows what somewhere out there, I don't know. But we'll both be mathematicians one day. And I find that with my children. You see, there's one thing I want to give them and share with them, and that is my knowledge, whether it be big or small, of God. So that they, too, can be mathematicians or Christians with me. That's the way the kingdom of God works. We've been in Turkey for a number of years now when we went there 17 years ago. I mean, our message, it was like pulling a cart through deep, soggy mud, you know. What I discovered is what God wants to do is we pray and the spirit works and people are born again and we need to teach them so that they understand. And to be honest, that's most of what our work is is all about we've seen some wonderful things I'm not going to tell you or bore you with some of the things that that we've gone through but I can tell you that today there is a testimony among local people who know and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ I mean that's enough in some ways it's enough if we got kicked out of Turkey it's enough because it's there The yeast is in the dough, is the expression I enjoy. It's begun and it's going to spread because God said that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Now, there's not a bit of sea, so to speak, that isn't covered with water. I mean, that's a sort of oxymoron or whatever they call them. And so I believe that the glory of God will go all over Turkey. It'll reach everybody. Because that's what the Word says. Now, we, I want to be involved in what God's doing, whether it's in Camden or whether it's in Turkey or whether it's in Turkmenistan. Did you know in Turkmenistan, guess what? We've had the Bible for jolly years and years and years, but they have just, well, they will have in 2014, they will have the whole of the Bible in Turkmen. And that's phenomenal. There's a guy I work with who's spent the last 20 years of his life working to produce the Turkmen scriptures. They've got a very dodgy version, you know, which at that time, I mean, praise God, there was something for someone to read. But now there's this good version. I mean, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? But it's a bit like me translating something into Turkish and somebody who's far superior translating it into Turkish. There it is, the Turkmen Bible. That means the Turkmen can turn to the Scriptures and find Christ in the Scriptures. And, you know, early days there's not enough people you know so there's lots of opportunities to distribute the word of God among the Turkmen there's not a lot of people who want to go and live in this crazy place called Turkmenistan where they've got this daft dictator who thinks he's God himself you know and sort of puts up shrines and asks everyone to worship them we think that's something that happened with the Romans all these years ago but it's not it's happening today among them But the word of God is going to go there. It's going there. There are Christians. There are people who are receiving the yeast of the kingdom. And the kingdom's spreading. It's going out. And it's reaching all the nations. I think that's fantastic news. People say to me, What do you think about the persecution? You know, what's it like? Well, I think, you know, if there's no persecution, what's your message? There's going to be persecution. How much of the Bible is filled with what Paul encountered as persecution? Not very much. And the one time he mentions it is when other people are boasting that they're going through bigger persecutions. And so he kind of levels the playing field a little bit. It's terrible. There's lots of persecution. But, you know, it's wonderful because the kingdom of God is advancing. And the gates of hell are not going to stop the kingdom of God spreading throughout the world. I mean, to me, that's amazing. And I think that God wants us all to be involved in mission. I found that God is concerned for every person, all of us, personally. I do believe, though I confess that sometimes I'm a bit naughty with this one, I believe that if you ask for a parking space near the door at Sainsbury's, that God can answer that prayer. And I believe that God can answer the prayer that says, reach the Turks with the gospel. Send people to Turkmenistan so that the gospel can be preached and taught and understood by the people that live there. And I believe that God is. Concerned for the lost, I believe that God sends people from believing communities to the far parts of the world to testify to His Son. I believe that God wants to lift up Jesus. I believe that Open Doors is doing that. They're trying to get the Bible into people's hands, they're trying to share the testimony of Jesus. And I believe that God wants the people like us. To support that kind of work so that people can go there and testify to the gospel of Jesus Christ. To the good news of Jesus. Now the second part of this verse says this. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever understands, no, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Believing is the first step to understanding. If you don't believe it, you'll never understand it. The trouble is, we often get that round the wrong way. We want to understand it before we believe it. But that's not the way it works in the kingdom of heaven. Because to be honest, there are so many things that I don't understand. But it doesn't take away... The absolute truth. I don't understand why my mum had to die when I was only 19 years of age, my brother was 17, why she had to suffer with cancer while we had to lose what I think was the best person who ever had two legs. I don't understand it. I don't understand why there has to be thousands and thousands of people who don't know Christ, not even given an opportunity to respond to the gospel, who just don't know Christ. I don't understand what will happen to them. I don't even want to say what I think might happen to them, because I don't understand that. I don't understand what it's like to lose a baby. I don't know what it's like to and I don't understand it. I don't understand why people should have to suffer. I don't know why should there should be sickness. I don't understand what's going on in Egypt. I don't understand what's going on in this country. I understand, I believe, that there is a God in heaven who has sent his Son to earth. I don't believe there is a system in the world that will bring peace and joy to everybody. Whether it be the conservatives in this country, the Republicans in America, the dictators in the Middle East, whatever it might be, there's only one answer and it's Jesus. And until we get to glory, when I understand there will be no more pain or suffering, that we will not have any tears or any mourning, that, I understand, is a day that's coming. I understand that God sometimes, in his wonderful wisdom, in his glorious kingdom, touches people who have a bad hip. Amen. I believe that God touches people today, that he's doing things today because he's paid the price on the cross. I believe that people taste the kingdom of God today. But I just want to say that that hip is not going to last for eternity. I'm delighted that God touches people today. But here's the the bad news. That hip is not going to last for eternity. Whatever God does today in terms of healing, most of it is not, all of it, is not going to last for eternity. But there are things that God does that will last for eternity. There are things that we don't understand. Like, why did God heal her hip? Praise God, I'm not against that. You know what I mean? Praise God, more of it is what I say. But why did He heal her hip and not his brain tumor? I don't understand. But God didn't call me to understand everything, He called me to believe in Christ, first of all. All of us, first of all, to believe. Now, since then, I've understood. Guess what? I know what it is to be born again. I didn't when I was born again. But when I believed, I was born again. Well, no. I believed after I was born again. Because I, first of all, started to see and believe in Jesus. Somebody has to be that model everywhere in the world. Somebody has to preach that word in the world so that other people can hear, see, and believe. Now, I know that the spirit of God raised me from the dead because that's what it says in the scriptures. I know that I didn't know everything because Paul, guess what? Paul was praying for some believers that he knew, the Ephesians, and he said, I'm praying that God will give you wisdom and understanding, a spirit of revelation. Why? Because these believers didn't know everything. And there's no believers today that do. We grow in our knowledge. And so while I say to you that the kingdom of God has come to Turkey, while I tell you that there are people that are coming to Christ in Turkey, that the church is growing, why we can go home now, can't we? Well, we could. I mean, really, we could. There's enough, there's enough, there's enough people there who know the kingdom. There's a church there to witness to the gospel. But I don't know about you, but I really like it when somebody brings some understanding to me. I really like the opportunity to grow in my knowledge and understanding of God. And to be honest, I think some of our being there now is more about teaching and helping those who believe as much as it is to try and reach the lost, So try and bring some growth in their understanding. Now, I'm gonna finish off with this wonderful illustration because I think it'll help you understand. In Turkey, they have this thing called uh, all-inclusive holidays, okay? And uh, they're called Hershey Dahil in Turkish. So, and you go there, and what happens is, when you get there, you put your case down, and you don't have to spend another penny, okay? Go to the jolly restaurant, you sit down and you know, first couple of days, you eat like a pig, you know. You just see everything and just kind of <laughs> scoff away, you know. And uh, a friend of mine, friend, we went to this conference and it was, it was all inclusive. So after a, a, I don't know, after a week, last day that we were there, I said to the waiter, I said, oh, i got my meal. I said, can you get me a glass of wine? So the guy brings over and gives me a glass of wine. My mate says, hmm, how much is that? So I said, well, it's been paid for. What? He said, you can have a glass of wine for free. You don't have to pay extra for that. I said, no. Since when? Since you got here, mate. (laughs) And he'd gone all week and he'd drunk lemonade or whatever when he could have been enjoying a glass of wine. What else is free, he said. I said, what do you mean, what else is free? Everything's free here. He said, I thought it was just lunch and dinner, and you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I said, no, you can go jolly sailing on the boats that they got down there. That's free as well. And you can do scuba diving in the pool for free, and you can go here, and you can go there. And I started telling him about all these things that, that were all-inclusive. Well, you can imagine, he was pig-sick. You know. When Jesus died on the cross, he purchased everything for you. Absolutely everything. Imagine how much he's got for you that he's purchased for you. When we go to him and we say, oh God, can you please forgive me one more time? It would be like going to Starbucks Starbucks. And somebody's gone into Starbucks, and I'm in, I'm in town, and I get into Starbucks, and I, I say, I, I, I'd like a cup of coffee, please. And so they make me a lovely cup of coffee, and they're going to give me the cup of coffee. And I say, oh, I'm sorry, I've, I forgot to bring any money with me. And so, I say, well, you can't have the coffee. At that point, I appeal to that man's mercy and say, please, can I have the coffee? Be nice to me. I just forgot my money. Be nice. Be nice. The bloke says, oh, go on then. He has a soft spot in his heart. And he gives me the coffee. The next day, I'll go in, into Starbucks, and i say, oh, can I have a latte with chocolate and caramel and anything else? Says, yeah. They make it, and i say, oh, I forgot to bring some money. The bloke says, well, you tried that yesterday. No, I'm not giving you any today. No, you're not having it for free today. And, oh, please. And then so you make, the queue gets really long and the guy's business and people are moaning. And Oh, go on, then take it, he says. Reluctantly, he gives me the coffee. And the third day, i go in. Can I have a latte, please, with a little bit of caramel and chocolate? And today I'd like some sort of sparkly space dust on the top as well, please. So the bloke says, get out. And I get thrown out. And you know what? Some of us approach God exactly like that. Now I'll give you another illustration. This guy called Chris Ann's, he says, my mate Greg's coming and he's never got any money on him. (laughs) So I want to leave 50 quid behind the till at Starbucks. And every time Greg Ellis comes in here, I want you to give him whatever he wants. So I walk in and I say, a cafe latte, please, with Sprinkly spa dust and chocolate and everything else. But certainly he goes, and off I go. I haven't got any meat. Don't worry about it. Off you go. And the next day I come in, I'd like a a banana split coffee or whatever they have. Yeah, you can have one of those as well. And the next day I come in, and, oh, uh, you know, I'm thirsty. Can I have an orange juice and a biscuit? Yo, a biscuit? You can have two biscuits, mate. Here you go. And that's what it's like, because somebody has already paid. So when we go and we ask God for something, we don't go in the hope that he might be in a good mood or that he might be a little bit merciful today. We go because Jesus has paid for it and we can rightfully purchase it. Freely receive it because Jesus has already paid for it whether we live in Chipping Camden, whether we live in Turkey, the North Pole or the South Pole, because Jesus died for us all and he paid the whole bill. We live post, after the cross. We know everything's been paid and if you're sat there saying, does that mean we can freely sin forevermore? That's exactly what people used to misunderstand in the time of Jesus, which means you're understanding correctly. Not that you can freely sin, but that you've been freely forgiven. Isn't that amazing? Whatever we want, we can ask for because it's already been paid for. Just like a hairshade dahil, all-inclusive holiday, it's already been paid for, except you didn't pay for it, he did. I think that's amazing. And that's the good news that we are in Turkey trying to share. Let people know. Now, most people, as you can imagine, don't believe it. They don't believe that such a a wonderful thing could be freely given to everybody. And that's why we need you guys to pray. When I came into the kingdom of God, there was a youth group that met at Christina Hindle's and they spoke Japanese. And they prayed. And they prayed. And I came into the kingdom. And you know, and you guys came into the kingdom. And there's been a wonderful work of God. And it began in prayer. And we need your prayers for the people of Turkey, the people of Dagestan, the people of the North Caucasus, of Azerbaijan, in all these unreached nations of the world. There is such fantastic news about what Jesus has done, purchasing everything for all of us, that it's worth telling that news to all the world. Amen? Amen. 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 Help.
0: let's pray for for greg for turkey father it is always a joy to listen to greg and to just understand a little bit more about what you've done in him and the passion that he carries for that people group in turkey and beyond and we do stand with him and the team that he leads and all the believers in Turkey, and we pray your kingdom come more and more. We pray for that yeast that is in the dough to spread right throughout that land. Lord, we're praying that across the whole of Turkey there will be a church being raised up as a witness to all that you have done for everyone who lives in that place and beyond, Lord, into the Turkmenistans and all those nations. We pray your kingdom come. We pray a blessing on the launch of that Bible in Turkmen, Lord. We pray that it will go and carry your word to many, many lives. Lord, we thank you that we are part of your amazing plan and purpose in this world, that we have been saved for a reason that you have called us not only to know you, but to go for you and to live for you. And whether that's in our workplace tomorrow morning or our homes or our schools or colleges, wherever we may be, that you will use us. And we do pray for your church today, particularly in Egypt. We ask, Lord, that you would give them grace to reach out into what seems... Just turmoil, Lord, with your love, Lord. We thank you that you have a church in Egypt. We thank you that you even have a church in North Korea. Brave, brave men and women who live for you. And we just stand with all believers around the world today and ask for your blessing, ask for your courage, ask for your strength that they may be witnesses. And Lord, where we have grown tired or weary or lukewarm in our faith, we pray that you will set us ablaze for you in whatever place you have placed us. So we pray for your kingdom to come. And even this morning, maybe you're here and you've never invited Jesus into your life to be your savior, that you couldn't say that you are born again Well, maybe today is the day where you can reach out and just invite the Lord Jesus to be Lord of your life today. I encourage you. If you're here, God has been speaking to you. Respond. Lord, we bring our prayer to you in Jesus' name. Amen.